Welcome to War and Beast, the podcast that has mastered its blaster. I'm Greg. Enter the dragon! I'm Emily. Hi, I'm Jordan. I didn't prepare anything. <laughs> uh, I'm Kendall. I had to do it this week. I just want to say <laughs> Enter the Dragon so bad. What is... Ma- I swear Master Blaster is like a video game or something. It is. It's a it game is. on the NES where you play yeah. oh. um, side-scrolling levels in a tank and then uh, top-down levels as a pilot. And yep. yeah, and then also it's a character in um, uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they made a book based on the NES game, too. And there's Master Blaster Zeroes on the Switch. Mm. Probably 3D. I thought it was 3DS, too, actually, yeah. But yes, so we, this, this week... Oh, sorry, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was, you're, you say your part first. <laughs> this week we are reviewing Season 3, Episode 10, Master Blaster. The horniest Beast Wars episode ever. I... I don't know about that. I, I will. I will explain as we get into it. Hmm. Oh, I think. Terrific. I think it's. I think it's horny in the way that totally spies might be horny. Then, where like, if you're not actually, if you actually don't think about it, but then you go back and say, and someone points it out, you're like, oh my god, you're right. So it probably didn't help that I watched this with Cassandra. Oh, <laughs> but we, we we saw things that we could not ignore. Was it the squeezing? That's part of it. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> I mean, yes. I'm, there's there are there's there are episodes of this show that are like textually horny, like the Cheetor uh, episode a few a few weeks ago, where Cheetor no, goes but, through puberty. No, like, absolutely. This, this is like 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 Jordan said, it's like totally spy style. But and it's probably it's probably it's a lot me and my personal like re- like you know what I know about. But like, yeah, you'll I'll bring it up. Okay. No, you don't have to. <laughs> I mean, I will though. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll try to be as I'll try to be as minimal about it as possible. But I'm going to bring it up when it happens. So I am. So I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. But so still. So IMDb. This is the first and only time we get to see just what the spark compartments of Gen One Megatron and Beast Wars Megatron look like on the inside. The latter has a vicious-looking spiked tentacle protruding in a spark. Well, his name is Venus. Has a simple but crude mechanism covering his. How is that? No, it's a hmm? it's a prehensile thing. It's a it's like Let's a go it's that. a tentacle. It's, it's coming not... out of his crotch area, and it's like no. there's tentacle dicks. I thought it was, I thought it was coming I thought out it was of his more. chest. More of his chest. Ab. 
area. It's pretty. It's pretty low. It's pretty low. For I am yeah, but I think I look. It's definitely a tentacle. Okay, it's waving around. Yeah, he's groaning. Yeah, tentacle dick. It's a thing. Are you not seen anti? <laughs> it. That's not what this is, though. Uh huh. <laughs> no. I mean, Kendall. I thought that would be the one thing where you'd be like, "Yeah, it's a dick," because you say that about like tons of jokes that they made yeah exactly so i would be an expert on what is a dick and what isn't a dick, i think i'm an expert that is on not a dick <laughs> i'm not an expert but i know more about it than you clearly i'm just sitting over here just not saying a word anyway uh, this, is a, this is an audio entropy podcast isn't it yes it is <laughs> now that i think about it i mean no it's like a t- yeah it's a cool thing it's like a cool thing i don't know what it, i don't know what it is it was weird but it don't i didn't go there did not go there <laughs> for whatever reason mm-hmm. the head of optimus prime looks much different than previously it is less blocky more rounded akin to the first episode of the transformers 1984 it is easy to miss since we only get to see him for a moment i figure that's just because I, I figure that i didn't i i mean i saw it i didn't notice that much of a difference but it probably is just because the the uh, animation technology we haven't. I don't think we've seen him this season, or except for well, except for the first episode. Never mind. Well, still, like by between the beginning and the end of the season, this was the '90s. You know, they probably went from Windows '95 to Windows NT. Yeah, probably would have been around that time. Yep, I know. I know history of <laughs> technology. <laughs> um. Yep. Do we have anything else that's, on IMDb? That's all. That's all for IMDb. All. What's on the What's on the uh, the other thing, Jordan? Okay, so well, there's actually one animation and technical error here. Uh, it says when Megatron says he cl- almost almost collected the whole set, his head has the wrong colors. Instead of his transmetal head, the colors match that of his dragon form. Earlier shots in this scene have the uh, correct color scheme. Hmm. But anyways. Co- there's a bunch of continuity errors. Uh, it's unclear why Tarantulas and Quickstrike expected Megatron to expire in the lava, since uh, Tarantula suffers the same fate, only to pull himself out free in a few moments. Though, That's weird. It, yeah, though it could have just been Quickstrike's spur-of-the-moment idea. Uh, there's also a sub-note. How did Megatron and Tarantula supposed survive the lava when Scorponok and Pterosaur were instantly killed by yeah, lava in Yeah, Aftermath? that's... I mean, I mean, it seems pretty clear. <laughs> They're both transmetals. Yeah, it, they, it, that's... It, that's what it says next is that it's possible their transmetal bodies uh, give them an extra protection. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're both. It makes I feel like that's not an error at all because I, it, you would think that they would die because Pterosaur and Scorponok did, but because they have the extra protection from transmetalness, they don't they don't melt in the lava. I still and I I pointed this out a couple to uh, a artist by the name of Brian Christie Burke did this really funny like fan comic of just. Of literally of uh, pterosaur and and Scorfinoc, like just up up to their waist in lava, just kind of like like they're lounging in a pool mm-hmm. and they're just like stuck there. Like ah, uh, they're, they're going to come pull us out. I mean, we're real important, so they'll they'll come for us, right? right? <laughs> yeah, I think you mentioned I think you mentioned that on the on that episode. Um, yeah. I I also I want to say uh, I'm pretty sure that Megatron did die because then he came out as a transmetal too. Oh yes, going with our theme that yeah. transmetal twos are zombies, or yeah, mm. I, I mean, I mean, like, or I even if he didn't totally I, die, like like him, I think yeah, him going through a tra- uh, traumatic experience or like almost dying or whatever uh, caused the transformation to be more. I think um, 
that uh, the, the transformation saved his life, is what happened. But he, 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 and because he had merged with Megatron's spark, he was able to do it. If he had not merged with Megatron's spark, he probably would have died from that. Tarantulas, again, I think he just kind of, I think he kind of fell in, but also had a grip, so he wasn't in the lava for that long kind mm-hmm. of thing. And yeah. Right, right. Megatron and was kind of in the middle of the, he, edge, yeah, the Yeah. Me- Megatron was in deep sh- lava shit. Like, Tarantulas was on the edge, so. And he clearly was, like, not in control of his. At, like he because he was in the middle of the transformation, he wasn't like he couldn't control himself because otherwise he would have just he would have just flown with his flying things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we'll get to that. What else is there yeah. in the in the TF uh, Wiki, Jordan? Tarantulas blowing up the Ark is a new development. One unfortunately at odd with Tarantulas' own words in Tangled Web, where he refers to Megatron's pl- future um, future plans, i.e., altering time, as madness. Ah, well, what dork would remember? Our- or care about a minor muttered line a year before, eh? By the way, uh, what dork is hypertext in the TF Wiki to fandom? <laughs> uh, the return of Generation 1 Megatron spark to his body would never be explicitly solved within this series. Uh, Beast Wars Megatron Spoilers. was said to still... Huh? Spoilers! Oh, no, no, no. This, this, there's, there's reasons why I'm bringing this up, and uh, we'll get to it. Um, let's see, where, where was it? Uh... Oh, dang it. Now I lost it. Hold on. <laughs> okay, the Sparks replacement was written into the Nesimus script, the, the two-parter finale that's coming. Ne- come Nemesis. The the Nemesis script, and even animated. It was simply cut to t- uh, for time from the final episode. And there is actually a link to uh, a clip of the animation if uh, that's uh, here. Like, you can... A uh, website that has it put up. Um, yeah, it was part of the bonus features as well. Yeah. So... Uh, I have seen that. The computer that Black Arachne and Tarantulas use seem to have have been designed for human-sized figures, which, as we've pointed out before in the arc, the Transformers are not human-sized. They're really tall. So the fact that they were able to get to a console that was, like, smaller size was a little... was odd. But it seemed like he had to actually do something to get that. But anyways, it it says that, of course, the controls could have been built when the arc was... uh, constructed for the roughly human-sized transformers, such as the ones with alternate modes. Yeah, the like some of the cas- yeah, like the cassette bots and stuff like that. Well, I figure I figure they've the Beast Wars people have been in the base, have been in the arc like a lot, and they've been doing a lot with the stuff. They probably you know plug their laptops in, <laughs> but then they would have to be careful not to leave it behind. Well, yeah, I mean, but. You know, Rhinox is smart. <laughs> and uh, finally, for continuity errors, why does Megatron alternate mode change to a dragon after he transform? Because bad. Tra- <laughs> <laughs> I, I will agree with that. Other Transformers that went through upgrades in the series didn't get alternate beast modes. Uh, we got a couple of continuity notes that, you know, wait, just basically- wait a second. I figured it out. I figured it out. Yeah? It's because he's not, his alternate form is not a T Rex, it's a Charmander. It's a Charizard. Well, no, it's a Char. Initially, it's a Charmander. Charizard has wings, and then it's Char- a Charmeleon. Charmander and Charmeleon, and then okay, it's a and then it's a Charizard. <laughs> Listen, I th- oh, so, it, it, so once again proving that the middle stages is the awkward uh, transition phase. I will a, say that like he has years. a line where he's like, "The you betraying me made me stronger." Yeah. So it kind of implies that the lava. Had something to do with it? Yeah. I, I got that su- impression a bit, too. that, too. Yeah. And, like, I think Cassie 
who I was watching the, sh- the episode with even made a joke about how like there was a dragon uh, skeleton in that lava somewhere. <laughs> he like scanned. <laughs> also, also, you know what? Honestly, right. uh, he looks more like a T Rex than Optimal Optimus looks like a monkey. Yeah, mm. I was gonna say the design's a much much sleeker. Um, so there's some continuity notes. Uh, it says. Uh, following from crossing the Rubicon the la- last episode, Optimus possesses the Arc access codes, which Meg- Megatron takes advantage of. And then Black Arachnia saying, af- after saying, I can play your games too, saves the day by uploading data, data tracks Viron into Teletron 1, which is the same data tracks Tarantulas used against the Metal Hunter, that spaceship that uh, Megatron oh, that's had right. for a while. Yeah, the flower ship. Yeah, the flower ship. Uh, although the toy is a Transmetal 2 and has detailing consistent with the other Transmetal 2 figures, within the context of the story, Megatron's upgrade is closer to Optimus Primal's optimal upgrade, and like such, it's never called a Transmetal 2 in the series. True. And then there's, hmm? Yeah, that's true. And then really we got some, to them. Uh, some uh, gadgets and powers. Uh, I do like this one where it's like a techno blowgun. Well, whatever works, works, we suppose. <laughs> um, like Je- Cheater before her, Black Arachnia's Transmetal 2 body comes with telekinetic powers. Yeah, uh, just Cheater- out of the blue. Yeah. That was really <laughs> surprising. Both of me and Cassie were like, what the hell? Like, what? <laughs> I think what? That's I think that's supposed to... I honestly think that is specifically supposed to be something from Transmetal 2 that they constantly just kind of forget sometimes. Uh, but Cheater's- like, like, a cheater did it with his gun, but like, I assume that maybe it had to do with the gun being a part of him. Like, again, like... Their, their guns are kind of part of their body. It's weird. Um, but, like, no, apparently it's just yeah. she can pick up a girder and hit her little well, it's, thing. It's because, it's because the Transmetal 2 energy is so much more unstable than the others. It made it totally made perfect sense to me. Sure. It's just weird that it's, like, not brought up more, I guess. Well, I mean, it's... It here's, felt like it came out of nowhere. Well, here's here's the thing with that kind of power... Like it, it's not something that's super easy for her or super practical. It's just like she knows that she, you know, she was either she was there or Cheetah told her about it because you know that Cheetor is constantly talking to her. Like they're sitting <laughs> at their cubicles doing their paperwork, and Cheetor's like, "Oh man, it was awesome. I picked up a gun with my mind." And so she's <laughs> like, "And she's like, okay, well, you know, because she's keeping track of. She knows how the Transmetal Twos work." So she's like, okay, I guess that's a you know that's going to be another tool in the toolbox. Uh, but it, but I mean, it's it's really difficult for her, and all it all it, and it's something that if she punched him, it would be just as effective. So she so it doesn't come up very often. I don't think a punch is as strong as a big giant iron girder, but okay. Well, I mean, yeah, but her punch is really strong. Or shoot him with a gun or whatever. Like shoot with like, a gun, I'd say. Or, yeah, okay. Or pick up an iron girder and hit it, like. Does like, she have a gun? I think so. I don't remember what a gun is. I am sure she, she does. She has a way. Her. She has a way to hit bad guys. Yeah. Like, like I'm just wondering if they actually gave her a gun this time, or if she's still just shooting out of her legs or something. No, I think I, I think she's got. I mean, I think she's still got the um, the the gun. The, what, what she had gun like thing. Well, the hook thing is now part of her mouth, so I don't know. Mm. Mm. So I think we also, do see her gun when they're shooting towards the end of the episode. Uh, it also mentions Cheetor's rocket launcher slash jet engine appears to function just like his old Quasar cannon in robot mode. Hmm. And then we've got a couple of Transformers references. 
Uh, and, well, there's the original Megatron, but he's only in Stasis Lock. Uh-huh. And then there's some precedent for dragons actually existing. Uh, the precedent, it points out, is a G1 episode where uh, Decepticon, a couple of Decepticons and uh, Autobots went back in time to Camelot. Oh, God, I remember this episode. And near the end, they went back to the cave that uh, they like had the place like had where they try time travel through like the portal and it was being guarded by a dragon there yeah. you go dragons are oh, real last night world. last night there's a dragon it's a transformer dragon mm-hmm. i forgot okay. about that okay yeah. and then so, we yeah. need to do the bonus episode <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so uh, that's i got that's what i was gonna say is that pretty much it's uh dragons existing in transformers seems to be canon yeah. uh real world references while revealing himself in his new form, Sorry. Megatron cry- cries out, Enter the Dragon, which is yes. also the title of a Bruce Lee movie. Uh-huh. Uh, the title of this episode, Master Blaster, is also the title of an old computer game and a song by Stevie Wonder. However, it's clear from context that it primarily refers to the dwarf giant duo from the film Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. I'm guessing because he knows there's a couple of scenes of Tarantulas right on uh, the rig's back. I think maybe? it's more just... I think it's more just... Um... Quick strike in the rig, period. But it could that, be that, or 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 the slightly shorter Megatron ordering around the controlled Optimus. Maybe I don't know. Oh, okay, she does not have a gun. Oh, she does. Oh. Yeah, she does not have a gun. Well, considering she has those, she has those claws. She has that web hook, and apparently, like an enhanced powers and speed. I'm guessing she doesn't need a gun. And she is the type of person to basically be stealthy, so she probably would mm-hmm. be close quarters fighter more often than trying to fire from a from a well, range. She does? I'm looking at it right now. What? What? But where? It's like so a wait, redesign of her old gun. So maybe the toy just didn't I have can't, her old gun. Yeah, maybe. Or are you are you looking in the episode, Greg? Yes, I am. Okay, so that's why I was going to say maybe Kendall was just looking at the toy and they just yeah. didn't give her. Well, the I, toy. yeah, I saw a couple of screenshots, but I mean, she wasn't holding the gun. That wouldn't be. I proof. don't think she really uses it much, though, at, at this point. Like now that she's transmittal too. Oh, there it is. There it is. She does have one. Okay, yeah. good. Uh, and also, her work, toy looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. Transmetal two Black Arachnia was one of the toys I really wish I could have gotten. It's yeah, it's a real that's a really nice looking toy. Trans- Transmetal 2 Megatron is also one I'm surprised I really, we didn't look really it up wanted. last episode. Transmetal mm-hmm. 2 Megatron's fucking sick. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Oh hey, uh the this, is, now. this is just this is just <laughs> a side side note. Uh that same artist I mentioned who who did the that one panel uh uh Pterosaur and Scorponok comic also did like a just for fun, like a few uh, an Megatron fusion pick of his like original of his like first form and his final form. So like both. So like it was like a mix of his original like uh, organic looking Tyrannosaurus Rex with the with the dragon, and both his hands were were, were various heads. Like one was the dragon, <laughs> and one was the like, Rex. Yeah, and he's and like the, the speech bubble mm. was like I I I can't really use my hands at this at all. Also, <laughs> are my heads making out like because one of them was actually making eyes at the other. <laughs> Black Rocking a two toy is fucking cool. Can I just say, like the spider looks so badass, actually. Like and and, and the toy looks like the thing that they made her head in the show 
is just a mouth, and it looks like she's got eyes on what is her back in the show. Mm. It's kind of weird. Like, mm. I like I like the toy more than the than the model in the show. Okay, in terms let's and, play. Let's what? play the eBay game. Um, oh no! Oh no! Guess, just, I mean, Mike stole from somewhere else, but we're stealing from Mike. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll cite I'll cite the source. Um, well, we can't ask Eric to put in music. <laughs> we could. Um, if only, if only air. the if only the person that edits the podcast uh, could could have some way of knowing. Um, mm. So I've got a complete in box. Uh, Transmetal 2 Black Arachnia pulled up on eBay. It's of the. It, this is the lowest priced one on eBay. Uh, okay. uh, guess how much it costs. $30. I'm actually going to guess somewhere around 60 because one, it's a female Transformers. Those always seem to pull in more, pro- like a higher price because they're so few, or at least sure, until sure. lately. Can, sure. can I ask yeah. a couple of questions before I sure. make my guess? Sure. Sure. Is it mint in box? Um, let me see if it says in excellent working and cosmetic condition includes box and instructions. Please see pics. I mean, it looks like it's in pretty good condition. Okay. Uh, the box I, is a little I, bit banged up. Okay. And I assume that this is in us dollars. Um, yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to go 75. Okay. Well, it's sixty. Yay! Um, but then, uh, guess how much the uh, again lowest listing for a sealed uh, of this toy? Sealed. Mm. I wonder. Maybe someone actually is asking for a hundred. You might be able to push that. I'd, I'd be willing to go. I yeah, I'd go. Hun- I'd go higher. I'd say one hundred and fifty. 140 is how much it goes for. Oh, wow. So I win, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I went over both times, damn it. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, no, uh, but I don't know. I just, that sounds, that seems like a lot. I've been pricing out uh, various trans, various Beast Wars figures over time. And like, usually if you're willing to spend 30 or 40 bucks, you can get, you can get one. Uh, but like, man, yeah, this one's expensive. It's well, almost like, like it's almost like it's one of the cooler ones, and it's from a later <laughs> line that maybe they didn't sell as many of. Yeah, maybe. Uh, if anybody, uh, by the way, if if anybody wants to sell me uh, the original Optimus Primal's left butt cheek, just let me know. <laughs> Excuse me, that's, that's a part that can come off. That is that is one that is the only it's the only part that I need to like make him cosmetically look correct. Like everything else that I need is like the missiles and the guns. I could also use a new head, a, a new robot head. But that's oh, well, like buy a new one already. I guess not. Well, I, no, I bought a, I bought a gorilla head because I didn't have the gorilla head at all. Um, but my robot head is missing the. Uh, Greg, you know the you know the figure. You know how he has like the other robot's face on the other side. Yes. You, it's missing that piece, so it makes the head uh, like wobble. 
Yeah. Do you know what the huh. deal is with that? I'm not entirely sure. It might say it under the TF Wiki under like his toy. Like uh, usually when they talk about the they they mention like odd little things like that. That's okay. the episode today. Or? <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh, wait, there's actually still a few more things. For here. fuck's sake! <laughs> Look, we got started early. Uh, at the last yeah, second. I- uh, Last world, real world references. At the last second, Teletran 1 aborts the self destruct sequence uh, with the line, Core implosion aborted, all systems normal, have a nice day. Yes. This is similar to a self destruct sequence in the 1987 sci fi parody Spaceball. Oh, yeah. Have a nice day. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's just a few trivia things here. Uh, when Primal finally gains control of himself and tells Bra- Black Arachnia that Megatron gained control of Teletran 1, he actually says Teletran instead of Teletron. Every mm-hmm. other time it's it's said in this episode, it's pronounced Teletron. Yep, I noticed that too. It's pronounced Teletran. In an early version of this episode's plot, Megatron decided to steal and absorb the original Megatron Spark only after failing another attempt to kill Optimus Prime. Um, apparently the power suit frame used by Quickstrike in this episode will later be used by the uh, those energy aliens to create Primal Prime in Primeval Dawn Part 1. And that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up, because Primeval Dawn kind of goes into basically the loose ends that they were going to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they couldn't just because it's like time or, you know, not seasons or the things got canceled. Because I think Bob Forward it was one of the people who worked on, there's like Primeval Dawn, and this is going to sound weird, but there's Primeval Dawn, Dawn Part 1, Primeval Dawn Part II, too, but then there's actually a Primeval Dawn Part 2, like the actual numeral 2, and then Primeval Dawn 3. So, hmm. I think most of them are online. Uh, although check them out. although the, the, the first Primeval Dawn was a 3H publication. And those, uh, are, and those are comics, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, like I think one of them is basically an online web comic kind of thing, like setup thing that they did, but the others are, are actual comics. Okay. Sounds like a bonus episode to me. We <laughs> <laughs> got too many of those lined up as it is. Megatron's <laughs> tampering with Generation One Megatron Spark will have bizarre results several million years later in Japanese continuity when the original ba- Megatron battles Optimus Prime in Destron Leader Megatron Black version. Okay. Hmm. Apparently, a quantum surge causes him to get overpowered, oh. like quantum surge energy from from the Beast Wars. Anyways, uh, in the scene where Rat Trap and Cheetor are lugging around crates, there's a stuffed panda in the background. Oh, I'm gonna have to look for that. <laughs> it's really quick. Uh, and finally, the casing around the original Megatron Spark would later be incorporated in the 2016 Titans Return figure. And that's that's all the info from the Thank TF. God, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot. Well, to be fair, the past few episodes, there hasn't been a whole lot, actually. So, we're sort of making up for it. But yes, we got an episode to review. So, yes. Start of this episode, we open on the front of the Maximal base, and we've got Silverbolt doing his best, sort of like Tinker Soldier (laughs) sort of thing, pacing back and forth in front of the door. Um, And of course, instead of a rifle, he's got one of his feather missiles that he's holding like a rifle. So that's kind of cool. Uh, we then cut to Inferno working on something. We don't know exactly what. It's sort of shadowy. And we cut back to Silverbolt, and then we see Quick Strike getting lowered into this thing that's being worked on. It appears to be some sort of a metal suit. 
and then we have tarantulas working on it as well, and then it slowly starts going out of a cave. We've got Megatron, who is surveying Silverbolt with a pair of binoculars, and he calls forth the uh, Waspinator. Sub-commander. Who, yes, who is sub-commander for this mission. And he picks up a really <laughs> big bomb that I thought was like one of those cluster bombs from the episode where we lost Snowstalker. No, yeah, kind of, kind of Snowstalker! <laughs> um, but uh, Waspinator is all happy that he gets to be sub-commander for this uh, mission. He goes fluttering off and everybody else seems to be chuckling a little bit and seems to be in on something that he is not. <laughs> Poor Waspinator. Yeah. He's like, oh, Waspinator Megatron proud. He's like, yes, I'm certain you will. Oh, oh I did see the panda. Yeah, it's it's, it's hidden in those it's got a really Oh, big head. what? Panda? I need to see it. Yep. I like panda bears. Okay, let's see here. Oh, I see him. He's cute. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've, we've got Cheetor and Rattrap, they're, they're lugging around stuff. Rattrap, of course, is sort of lamenting that he's hauling around a bunch of junk. That almost looked like a mega cannon that Rattrap was holding. That or some kind of like thruster rocket? Yeah, something like that. It's, it's um, odd. Yeah, but we get an alarm going off as Waspinator comes into range of their, their sensors. Uh, Rattrap's excited because, of course, now he gets to have some real fun. And uh, Optimus radios out to Silverbolt to warn him and tells the others to uh, come with him. Uh, we've got Silverbolt manning one of the, the auto guns and apparently can't hit Waspinator for scrap. Yeah, he's, he's, Waspinator's really pulling out all the stops. Yeah. He wants to make <laughs> Regatron proud, you guys. Yeah. He just yeah. wants to be a good, good, good Wasp boy. And it's funny because Silverbolt is like making a face with his tongue sort of sticking yeah. out of the side of his mouth while he's trying to shoot. Yeah, he's intensely concentrating. Yeah. Um, Waspinator manages to, to throw the missile at the gun, and it explodes and sends Silverbolt off unconscious onto the ground. Uh, Waspinator, of course, <laughs> is, is rather Dougie proud of himself. Dougie got match for Waspinator. And if I remember correctly, Jordan, I think the previous episode, we mentioned that Silverbolt really never gets a one-up on... Waspinator, yeah, yeah, like as far as I know, Waspinator was never blown up by uh, by Silverbolt. Yeah, all well, the time they ran a ship into him. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he was flying the ship, or that Black Arachnia was. Yeah, I think it even mentioned like that. This is the that that by but proxy, the whole reason they they crashed was because Silverbolt was exactly. attacked Black Arachnia. Yes. Yeah, but Black Arachnia, if I remember correctly, had stabbed him at that point. Well, sure. Shot you shot me. Yes. <laughs> really hurt. I told you. <laughs> That's what you said. Um, <laughs> good. So we we get the the Maximals coming out of the base. Uh, Waspinator transforms into his robot mode and calls for the other or Predacons rather to uh, to attack. Nobody's behind him. His, his office just looks around and gives him a little weird look. And I, I love how good. he actually like even screeches to a stop in midair. Yeah, when he realizes, wait, what? He's like, where is everybody? Where are Waspinator's troops? <laughs> Sometimes deception is the better part of that. Yes, that's yes. the that's a good line. That's a good line. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, 
Optimus just fucking murders Waspinator. Yeah, he just squashes him like a little bug. He's paper thin by the end. Yeah, like we've talked about many, many times before about how freaking huge Optimal Optimus is. He literally just places his hands on either side of Waspinator and claps them together. Uh And uh and it's enough. Like that is how huge he is. It is enough to just basically squish him. Yep. But this is all a clever ruse. As we get Tarantulas, who was hiding behind a rock, and <laughs> uses a cyber dart gun? Yes. To to launch a dart into Optimus's foot. This is pretty creepy. So yeah. yeah. Cause we, but also, we get... it's mind like, control. So just yes. saying. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's both creepy, but also kind of cool. Like, I mean, it's basically like, imagine a parasite. Well, yeah. And one thing I mean... Running yeah. around in someone's insides, so it's kind of like oh, totally. But a lot of the, the stuff in here, though, just, we're yeah. like, what is this for? Like, there's always random little like gears and and like gizmods, and it's like, what exactly do those do for Optimus? <laughs> but it's pretty <laughs> funny. Yeah. So, so this is totally something that would have happened in season one. I was super super happy when I saw that. Even the <laughs> yeah. fact, even the fact that it's that it's Quick Strike that shoots the the or. Is it Quick Strike that shoots Tarantulas? Tarantulas does. But Quick Strike does the does the other thing involved okay. in this, but okay. Tarantulas shoots it. Well, st- like it seems like it would have been some doohickey that Scorponok made. Like, yeah, oh, the, yeah, it's great. It's great. The yeah, and you know what? Mind control isn't like inherently horny. Just I know it isn't. <laughs> Just saying. Again, I watched it with Cassandra, so. Yeah. <laughs> It could be. I'm just saying. But. I'm just saying. Like the fact that I mean, you can pull whatever you want out of the episode. It's not the horniest episode of Beast Wars because there are episodes of Beast Wars that are actually horny. Well, and this not one, actually horny. Like there's kissing in it. That's not it, the the one the the one where Cheetor is constantly is I'm not done yet either. It's constantly <laughs> hitting on Black Arachnia, and and Silverbolt is and Silverbolt is super like possessive and stuff. Those. The, it's because the characters are horny. <laughs> That's not okay, but it's not actually like it, it's like okay, like it's nobody's fetish. Someone doing that is what I'm okay, saying. Okay. Also, also, you can be horny without having a fetish, but That's okay. But you don't you don't understand what I mean when I say something is being horny, though. As I'm saying, it's like it's like subtle thing where it's like okay, well, this isn't gonna like appeal to like it's not gonna, no one's gonna notice this except for the people who are into it, kind of thing. I'm not saying like. Okay. Like outright, outright sex scenes is just, it's just, it's too, it's too overt to be considered like what I'm talking about. Like if, if they just, if they just, it was, if there was just straight fucking on the show, it would just be like a horny show, and then it wouldn't be worth mentioning. This wouldn't like, be a kid show if that was the case. Yeah. I, I okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm just, I mean, I guess if you're basing it on your very specific definition of it, then, then okay. I mean, just. The definition that they used to review in the entirety of a different show on the podcast, but yes. <laughs> anyway. You could almost, it was almost surreptitious, you could say. I'm just saying, there are going to be fans who agree with me on this. Mm. Oh, I'm sure. But yes, we. so we get this, uh, as it turns out, this, this spooky little dart robot. Um, I want to say that this is like one of Tarantulas' new children. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely... Uh, arachnoid like, like yeah. the others, and it's got Predacon logos on every leg. Oh, yeah, but uh, so it it goes through Optimus's body, 
And through some liquid chamber, which is weird, but yeah. yeah. In 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 order to to get to where Optimus's spark is housed, and it then proceeds to have needle like this, drill. yeah, this needle go directly into Optimus's spark and then transmit out. It is. Uh, <laughs> I don't like needles. It's pretty. Cre- it's very creepy. Yeah, like it's yeah. a very yeah. creepy scene, like for sure. I'm kind of glad we actually this, don't this see it again. I, I think this. Yeah. this is probably one of the creepier episodes, I would say. Yeah. This yeah. thing that happens with Megatron is pretty creepy. Yeah. Um, we we then sort of zoom out to, to Optimus's face, and it seems like he's having like a bit of a, a glitch, so to speak. He's um, his eyes flickering, which I guess is supposed to be like an eye twitch. Yeah. yeah. Um. He's asked if everything's okay, and we start to hear Quickstrike's voice. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's 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 more like um, Optimus gets a bit of a southern drawl. Yeah, which I really like, like. And I'm like, right away, I'm like, is that Kick? I, right away, I was like, Quickstrike, but like, Trance is the one who shot it, so I was confused. But we get later on why that all is. Yes. Yeah, like it's it's actually kind of good. Like, there's a couple of times where, like, at first, it's Optimus in Optimus's voices doing the drawl of Quickstrike. And then a couple, sometimes it's actually Quick Strike's voice kind of coming from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they did kind of a neat job of mixing it up there. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked it better if, well, two things. I would have liked it better if they'd uh, if they'd have kept up the ruse a little bit longer uh, yeah. with it, and and then and then also I would have liked it better if it was just Optimus with a Southern accent the whole time. <laughs> that would have been pretty instead good. Of, liked instead that. of actually Quick Strike's voice. <laughs> That would have been pretty neat. Because I always like – that's what I always like about uh, mind control or body swapping episodes of shows is when it gives mm-hmm. the actor the opportunity to act like the other character, like do their yeah. do their impression of the other character. Um, and uh, <laughs> and so that, that would have been a, a, a cool opportunity for whatever the voice actor guy's name. Oh, Gary Chalk. Okay. <laughs> oh, so that's yeah, why you have to Gary talk. Chalk. Uh. <laughs> Oh, fuck. <laughs> that was a good one, Jordan. I really got Ken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Second episode in a row where somebody gets the symbol. Ah, <laughs> uh, But, yes, so uh, we got Optimus sort of talking a little weird. Uh, he, he asked Rat Trap to bring Silverwolf back in. And we get Rat Trap saying, always collecting scrap. I must be a pack rat. Um, wah, wah. Yeah. And then Optimus radios to Rhinox and tells him to bring in all the field units. Um, Cheetor asks him what he what Optimus wants him to do. He's like, take a rest. And then as Rat Trap has already passed into the door, Optimus then socks Cheetor in the face. And we get, you know, little swirly lines and everything goes dark as in to indicate that he's been knocked out. Um, we then cut to what we can assume is probably like an hour or two later, and Black Arachnia arrives at the base, the door's wide open. And That's she goes not a good sign. Yeah, and she goes inside and everything's dark. And she says, says it's gonna, she's like, is someone doing a surprise party or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she's like, funny. this is a surprise party, somebody's going to be eating cyber venom. So apparently she does not like surprise parties at all. No. Um, she's sort of looking around the base everywhere, doesn't really see anybody, and then she goes to the bridge of the base, 
and she looks into a monitor and she's trying to bring the console back on online and we then get Optimus's reflection coming up behind her. She freaks out. She's like, I almost slagged you. She's As like, if she could on? slag Optimus in like one yeah. hit. She's yeah. a transmetal too. Who knows? She at least would have taken a shot. Oh, yeah. I just yeah, want to say, I just want to say, like, last episode, we were kind of wishy-washy about uh, Black Arachnia's Transmetal 2, or was it two episodes ago? No, it was last episode. I yeah. decided I really like her design. Like, like really. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't, I mean, it's all right. It's fine. <laughs> I think at the moment, the only thing that's kind of bothering me is the helmet. Yeah, I don't like the face. Like, the helmet, but... the helmet face mask thing. Because, like... Like you said, like it has like a point over her nose, so it looks like it's like a face mask there. But there are times when she moves her eyes and stuff that makes it look like it's actually part of her face. So it's like yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's this weird. weird. Well, I mean, she's a robot, so it is actually part of her face. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like it doesn't look like it's. There's times when, like, like I said, with the part over the nose, it makes it look like it's a, a separate thing that she's just wearing mm. on her head. And then there's times when it makes it look like it's actually physically part of her when it still looks when it still has that so it's confusing and weird to my eyes that's what i was yeah that sounds like your eyes problem sounds like you have bad eyes i do have bad eyes that's rude (laughs) (laughs) if there is one thing that we've noticed with transmetal 2 designs is that they have been particularly bulky and well i guess bulky is not a right word for it but a lot of kibbles and bits yeah. yeah, yeah. Like there, there's a lot of extra stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be on the character, but is there? So, yeah. So I suppose that is an aesthetic that they're trying to go for with Transmetal Two that they're succeeding with. It just, yeah, I, I can sort of see where you're coming from. That's interesting because I actually feel like the Transmetal Twos are more sleek and simple than I think, like compact, like in size and compact wise. What I think. Greg means is it in the details. There's yeah. Like if if you look at the actual body and like at the actual things, you can see much more specific details. Like yeah. her spider legs, you can kind of see the pistons and mm-hmm. uh and the spikes and stuff like that. Like they they basically made it more defined in what it is, but the body shape is much is kind of smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just really like I really like her design a lot. Like. I think that, um, especially like sort of when you see, when you think, when I think of her and like later in the episode, she f- sort of faces off against Dinobot too. And like seeing them together and it's like both of them look like 90s comic book characters. Um, <laughs> it creates a giant it, it, spider fighting a, gi- a velociraptor. What's more 90s than that? <clears throat> it's just, it's sort of, it's sort of like I see the aesthetic that they're going for and I feel like they've achieved what they were going for with them. <laughs> Oh, in yeah. a way that, like, in a way that, like, was kind of so, like, the transmetal, the regular transmetals look more, like, samey. Like, they all kind of, I feel like they all kind of look the same and generic. And then, and also, I've kind of gotten tired of some of the designs. Like, I'm really glad Megatron got the, got a new one. Yeah. But, and then obviously, Optimal Optimus is not my favorite. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not saying that I dislike her design. I just, I think that it's a lot, there's a lot more, stuff, I guess you could say, with this new design. But it's not bad. I think it works well. That's what I guess I'll what I'll chalk it down to. <laughs> I just wanted to have it on the record because I was kind of wishy washy last week. Ah. You may so, proceed. 
Um, so over the course of the conversation, we then get Optimus uh, picking up Black Arachnia. There we go. <laughs> yeah. A very large character picking up a beautiful woman and squeezing, and he even flirts with her at one point. I, it's just, yeah, it's a little bit. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, with the way Quickstrike is saying and doing things, I kind of just more imagined it's like Quickstrike playing with action figures. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like, I, like you would, Jordan. You no, I'm just saying. <laughs> there was like a moment where, like, like I literally. Well, the part where he puts her down, it's pretty gentle. Yeah, I, yeah. I, mean, I don't know why no, he did no. that either. That was really stupid. Like, he just puts her down, all and he, just, all he needed what? was like a, a Super Bowl's figure, and then he could just like dance him around. It's like and now kiss, and then just bash him together. Oh my god! <laughs> like there was that. There was that too. Like no, I, I understand what you're saying, but I'm saying that I also kind of caught that too. But that's because. That's quick strikes, kind of silly, I guess, or simple. Is I the mean, word I'm uh-huh. quick, quick strike. This bit, like that, that bit, I can see the horniness because quick strike is a horny character, and he and is he constantly for and he's constantly yeah. hitting on Black Arachnia in a creepy yeah. way. Like I can see that. It's just like I feel like everything else you're stretching. Okay, no, I'm not stretching. Caleb, Ken, size difference isn't your kink. I get it, but you're, you're saying that like that Luke or like someone like. Mike or Cassie watching this when they were kids might have been like, huh, I like this scene a lot. Hmm. Like, that's, that's, it's true. Like, like, like and then, like, even I as a kid, like, I liked Damsels in Distress a lot more than I realized as a kid that I, you know, do now. Hmm. So, I mean, so yeah. the fact that this is that. emulating King Kong is, has nothing to do with it? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not into King Kong, but it definitely is like, but yeah, like, it's, 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 again, like, can I get it? You don't think it's horny? I understand why you wouldn't. But, yeah. And there's a lot of fanfics I've read where it starts off with the female character getting back to base and the, all the rest of the team is done for and all the bad guys are like, yeah. So I'm just saying. It's a setup. <laughs> it's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, we do get a moment where uh, where it's revealed that Quick Strike is in this sort of Last chassis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like a copy of Optimus's body, which is controlling his body thanks to the little dart probe that's inside him. Um, which is the most yeah. ridiculous thing in the entire episode. Why did they build a giant copy of his body? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's because they wanted the only way to pilot it, and that was the only. Yeah, it's just—it's just, it's it's just so it. weird though because like if he walks forward, does he have to like keep track of what Optimus is looking at? Like, what if he walks into a wall but Optimus doesn't? Like, it's weird. Well, like, we'll see that. We'll see that later. He's actually yeah. hovering over like a a, a circle. Like, yeah, so his, like, his feet aren't like, on yeah, the ground. Like that's in the back pad. that has him over a pad, so the pad can move around, but he can move all the limbs freely. It's, yeah. it's like why? Do they, I but I guess I guess what you're saying is that it's because. Quick Strike doesn't understand object permanence, so if he can't see it, <laughs> it's not there. I was just saying, like, that was the best uh, uh, user interface for Quick Strike. Yeah. yeah he's, a, he's a kinesthetic learner. Yes. Mm. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> just it just seems so ridiculous, and then and then they don't like if you're gonna do that, then by the end of the episode there should be a bit where he's controlling both of them and like like he should be able to use that giant robo suit to fight with. Like he should be fighting. Like Optimus should at some point Optimus should have gained control of his body 
and then he fights Optimus in his mechanized suit. That would have been oh, awesome. That would have been interesting. But, but no. It's it's <laughs> it's silly and it's great, but it's silly and it's great. Yeah. Um we we get a uh, a moment where the the remaining maximals, well, minus depth charge, uh are lowered from a cage from the ceiling. So I don't know where they got the cage. But yeah, apparently there's a cage in the Maxwell base that's holding yeah, all of them. It's like now. the same cage they've used in the dark uh dark side before. Yeah. So maybe they just lugged it from there. Yeah, maybe. Um but yeah, all of the Maxwells are looking pretty beaten up. Uh Cheetor especially, he's got like a, a bent sort of part yeah. of his head and yeah, and, and he's got like a black eye and he's not looking too good. Um Megatron orders Rampage to to see to Black Arachnia, to which Quick Strike's a bit, you know, miffed because apparently Megatron promised him something, and Megatron's just like, "Silence, fool!" It's like I need you for more important matters. And then he dispatches Dinobot to go after Jet Charge, which this, you know, doesn't really come of anything because Jet Charge doesn't make an appearance in this episode again. Um, so. We get Inferno who guards. Do you the think rest of the is it is it because Death Charge has a karate tournament? Uh, <laughs> maybe that could be it. Oh, is it like a karate tournament with like the proto humans, <laughs> or is it like a karate lesson? Oh, he has oh, to teach the kids. It's his turn to substitute teach. Yes, <laughs> he had to use the big chalk. <laughs> Which is closer to the right size for him. Uh, but yes. So we then get uh, Megatron and uh, Quick Strike and Optimal Optimus. Oh, wait. No, wait. Quick Strike isn't there, but Optimal Optimus is being controlled by Quick Strike. They go to the Ark. Uh, Megatron orders, er, orders Quick Strike to give him the codes to unlock the Ark. However, he is not able to have them because Optimus has put a security thing in place where only a Maximal can receive the codes. So he instead just get... I don't even know why they had that. That was like a, a minute blurb that they could have. he could have just ordered Quick Strike to just open the Ark instead of getting the codes. But so Well, because, no, anyway. it's because it's because he wanted to... He's he's actually being smart for once. Like if it would be it would be preferable that he has the ability to open the door just in case Quick Strike screws up and and uh, Optimus punches him in the face and that or or just in case what happens happens and he gets betrayed. Mm, true, but yeah. So Quick Strike manages to to open the door. We then cut to Rampage, who literally has Black Arachnia underfoot. Uh, yep. He's like trying Stompy. to, yeah, he's, he's trying to stomp her a bit, uh, and she's like straining against him, uh-huh. and he's, he's certainly getting a kick out of her struggling. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, I see that here uh, of yeah. sorts. Yeah. Uh, so Black Arachnia decides to show off her telekinesis, which nobody knew she had. <laughs> By lifting a girder and sending it flying at Rampage, which hits him and knocks him into like some spare elevator doors. How many of these doors do they have? Because they've gone through well, a lot of them. <laughs> well, no, I was just going to say, they constantly 
Like, it has been a constant thing on the Axelon that whenever something goes down, one of the elevator door glasses get broken. So they yeah. must have a very, very large supply of them to replace them. Because he just broke two. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's that's what I really liked this scene that you go and you look that they, they're in this room where there's like a, a ton of them. Because, yeah, like Jordan said, they're, they're, the elevator doors and the CR chamber door are just constantly <laughs> yeah. being destroyed. It's a cute detail, and I didn't really think about it, but yeah, yeah. I, I like it. Um, so yeah, he, he gets knocked around, uh, Black Arachnia gets a cute little moment where she's like, sleep tight, crab cakes. <laughs> and we then cut back to, to Megatron and Optimal Optimus who are entering the Ark. Megatron's like, oh, the sanctuary of the Autobots is mine again. And he comes upon Megatron and says, ah, oh, yes, my namesake. Yours is the first chapter in the history of Cybertron, the chapter that is about to be rewritten. Um, Quick Strike seems a little skeeved out by everything. Well, like, something doesn't seem right. About to happen. Yeah. Yeah. To which Megatron's like, fool, Optimus gained his power from the power of Prime Spark. Imagine what I will gain when I mingle my spark with his. As you say, Miss, it's it's the exact same subtitles I'm seeing on the screen, so it's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like his okay. Can I describe this? Like his 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 eyes on his chest, his like T Rex eyes on his chest oh, are glowing. His, his, his his eyes glow, and then that causes the chest eyes glow. Yeah, and then that's like it, the start it, of it. It scrolls down, and then like the the kind of nose, the top of the nose of the T Rex face, like starts to split apart. And it almost looks kind of like fleshy, and then it, it opens up this like robot. It's, it's got some tendrils over this like Predacon insignia on this chrome opening, which um, kind of like spiral opens up, and then this like flower thing. Yeah, it's almost like yeah. A, yeah, I was I was thinking of blossom too. It looks like it looks like a lotus flower, and then out of it, this like gross tentacle comes out. With spikes. Uh, with spikes, and it like it looks like rips, a black rubber tube. Uh huh. And it rips the spark out of uh, Megatron's chassis, like the other Megatron, the G one Megatron. Yeah. Well, it doesn't rip it. It just it literally the tentacle goes over, presses a button that yeah, it rips it out, it, and then grabs it. I was just gonna yeah. say like it's just like a actual. It, like, it opens it up first, toy. I guess. Sure, he doesn't go through the toy. I mean, yeah. through the toy, through the the chassis. It, it, but he but he, he rips it out once it's open, and then it's like coming out of his lower midsection. This long phallic object starts swinging around while he groans. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. It's especially, not. Especially, I don't especially think it's one of the angles all. where you can't see his his legs, and you can kind of only see it coming out of the bottom of the screen. Like, I'm going to try to get a screen cap of this. Okay. Yeah. Now, one of, one of the things that we'll have to, to try and impress upon with the listeners is when Megatron... Or, this is going to get confusing. When Megatron takes Megatron's spark out of his body, apparently he has a hard time actually controlling the spark. Because the tentacle is, like, whipping around all over the place, and, like, Megatron is having a difficult time trying to get it under control. Yeah, like, there's one shot where, like, yeah, it's coming out from the bottom of the screen, and we just see Megatron's midsection, and it's, like, swinging around in front of him. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sorry, guys, I can't not see it. <laughs> Em's like, it's a propeller dick. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Continue your, your summary. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 
Megatron sort of falls back, and we see that the, the tentacle pulls the spark into its chest. We then cut to, to Quick Strike and Tarantulas now, who are watching things take place. Quick Strike's got like a little, almost like a little LCD monitor that he's able to see from Optimus's perspective. And we've got Megatron sort of like writhing around a bit. Uh, Tarantulas is pretty pleased with everything. Uh, we then get Optimus who picks up Megatron, sort of hoists him up by his feet, upside down, and come to find out, oh, treachery is afoot because Quickstrike and Tarantulas are trying to take over. Or rather, Quickstrike says, I'm taking over, boss. So yeah, this whole time, Tarantulas was just playing possum? Sort of. He was playing on Double Crossing. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I was really happy because, like, I liked yeah. him as a Double Crosser. So I was like, yes, thank you. Tarantulas <laughs> is betraying him. I'm so happy. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we then cut to Black Arachnia, who is sort of working her way down to the cage that the other Maximals are in. Um, she's like, oh, I got to get the other guys out and get them repaired. Um, she then gets a hold, she like distracts Inferno and gets him to chase after her. And then we then cut back to, to Optimus and Megatron. Optimus is still holding Megatron by one of his legs and Megatron is still sort of like, you know, fucked up. Cause you know, apparently he's in the midst of, you know, dealing with this second spark in his body and Optimus, like, I want, oh, okay. Quick strike in Optimus is con- Controlling Optimus has flown up <laughs> yeah. like, top of the cave. It's very confusing, isn't it? Yes. And, and drops Megatron into some lava. Uh, we then get like this slow motion of Megatron falling in, and then you know he falls into lava. It's almost almost ter- Terminator Two esque. Yeah, yeah. He almost if he had done the palms up, it would have been a perfect Terminator Two reference. Yes. Done. 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 And and you know you know if I was a robot and I was slowly getting killed by lava, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna die, but I gotta do the reference. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, with that, Tarantulas and Quickstrike sort of just you know watch on the screen, and we see Megatron's hand fall into lava. We then would have cut to commercial. When we get back, we've got Tarantulas riding on Jet Form Optimal Optimus into. The Ark. And he tells Quickstrike to give him access to to tele... He refers to it as Teletron 1. And so we see these consoles pop out of, like, the main computer, and Tarantula starts doing something on it. Come to find out, he's setting up the... a core implosion of the ship. And that there's a hundred clicks until core implosion. Whatever a click is. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. like... We'll see later that a click is apparently a second, which really doesn't make sense at all. Nah. Maybe it's like a little bit more than a second. A click is a second because, like, liter- literally later on, it's like it's like yeah, twenty true. clicks it's left, down, and it's like, like it's, it's yeah, counting. I mean, like I mean, unless unless like it's it's like measuring where the overload is getting to until it reaches the core, and it's that's and it's traveling at a kilometer a second. Mm. The only thing I can. Also, also, uh, no, no, no. I was thinking there was in an early episode, but no, they, they, they say, they say, they use, they actually use meters in an earlier episode when, when, uh, they talk about, uh, how they've mapped 
500 yeah. meters out or something like that. Like some yeah. like ridiculously small amount of small distance from the base. Funny how we're referring to all this stuff from like, you know, earlier episodes today, <laughs> like from way early episodes. Yeah. Well, this anyway. really feels like a season one episode. It really does. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Um, so Tarantulas tells Quickstrike to, to secure the Maximals, which, you know, Quickstrike is more than happy to, because it means he gets to op- open up a can of kick, or kick open keister. me up a can of kick keister. He loves it. <laughs> he loves to fight that boy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, Inferno is still searching for Black Rachne. He gets to the the entrance of the base and sees a door open. Uh, He figures that she's escaped and that she's gone through the door. Uh, So he goes outside. She swings in. Spider-Man swings in. I love that. Kicks the door closed and locks it. And so he starts banging on the door. And she has a line, um, The only thing worse than a salesman is a pushy predicon. To which she then activates the auto guns, and we get Inferno's like, no. I gotta say, um, as as much as she kind of was positioned as to to be a damsel in distress in the episode, the fact that she escapes and then like kicks everyone's butt and frees all the other Maximals is really cool, and I love seeing Black Arachnia getting shown as the cool like kick ass yeah. character she is. I really love it. Yeah, it was really cool, and so we we get. You know, a little boom from the guns, and she looks pretty impressed with herself. She starts walking off. Um, we then come back to the arc, which is still doing its countdown. Uh, Tarantulas is walking away from the arc uh, towards some lava, and then freaks out as he sees some lava bubbling. And we then get his face as, as, he, as, his, as his dragon slowly emerges from the lava. It's just great. Like yep. he doesn't have. Like there isn't a lot of expression you can you can tell with like Tarantulas' like design, but they managed to make it look like he's like, oh shit. <laughs> what, he, gets and, to, he gets to say, oh no, again. Yeah. Well, first he says, "By the pit you live." Yeah. <laughs> and then he starts to quake a little bit as Megatron sort of you know looks at him, and as it turns out, that was just the arm of Megatron with the dragon's head because he's in his robot form now. And he, he's got, like, this red, almost, like, armor over his body. So Like, his cool. head has, like, this helmet. I he's love got these design so much. He's got, like, yeah, an alien-type face, because his, his head has, like, the tail attached to it, I guess, it looks like. Yeah. On the back of his head, yeah. 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 And the wings look, like, um... Shredded? Yeah, they look really tattered. shredded there. Yeah, yeah tattered. tattered. There you go. But they're so gold. it makes it makes a tattered cape, but also wings in both forms yeah. that he yeah. uses to fly. Yeah. He, he he says, I'm not so easily destroyed, and thanks to your treachery, my power's greater than ever. So let me. So it seems like he absorbed lava power, I guess. He's got yeah. fire breath. And actually, when you said ass. earlier that maybe there was some dragon bones in the lava, that sounds actually kind of like a cool idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he, he proceeds to thank Tarantulas by spraying fire at him. <laughs> so which Tarantulas is like, oh no! Like, fucking Dragon Megatron is the best. And I hate that we only get, like, four episodes of it. Because it's mm. so cool. Next episode, there is something that I found incredibly humorous that uh, I'll point out next week. But uh, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, so we cut back to the Black Arachnia, who has uh, come back to the, the caged Maximals. Quick Strike has found her. And he is about to sort of try and 
you know, grabber, and then there's the sound of Megatron roaring, which causes uh, like everything to shake. Uh, she loses her grip on the cage and falls down onto the the deck of the the main bridge of the base, and we get this scene with Optimus on one side and the chassis with Quick Strike in it on the other side, and they're sort of like coming together towards her. And so, rather than panicking, a maneuver. Yeah, exactly. They got to step on her. Yeah. Rather than panicking, she just turns around and shoots quick, shoots the chassis of Quick Strike. Uh, he immediately falls over, which causes <laughs> Optimus to fall over because he's miming Quick Strike's uh, yeah. movement. She she shoots the brace so he falls off the 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 floating yeah. disc that yeah. moves him around. And so Optimus lands on Quick Strike and the chassis, which Apparently that jars the thing free. Yeah, because he he now has control of his body again. I think I might have destroyed the satellite. On the that, um, yeah, I was yeah, that. that's probably what it was. Yeah, he still got the parasite in. I'm not sure Ryan also took out later. Yeah, um, Optimus realizes that the tarantulas had betrayed Megatron because yeah, he remembers everything from being mind controlled. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Yes. Um, so he tells Black Arachnia to, to get you know to to the Ark to try and figure out what's going on. Um, we then cut back to Megatron, who is back in his robot form, and he's you know holding on to Tarantulas, who's it's burned up pretty burnt. bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, Megatron's like, "I can suffer your treachery, Lieutenant, but not your incompetence." He's, and so he then hauls off and chucks Tarantulas across the cave into come some lava. Like the edge of the lava. Of it, right he might have he might have never been in the lava. Yeah, actually, because he he was all burnt up looking now, but he was burnt up oh. looking before he threw him. Yeah. Because of the fire breath. So he might have just never gotten in love in the begin with. Yeah. Oh. But, uh, so yeah, we, we then got to Tarantulas who, uh, he's like, um, what was the line that he said? Oh yes, he just says, yes, Megatron. Because Megatron's like, treachery requires no mistakes. He's like, yes, Megatron, no mistakes. Which and uh, he's got more planned or something. Yeah. Um, then we've got Optimus and Black Arachnia who are in the Ark, and they're fell upon by... And this is where we get, Enter the Dragon! It's such a good line, and read yeah. so well, and it's so badass. I love yeah. Dragon Megatron! I love how he, he actually he attacks Prime just because just he's mad at Quick Strike, and, yeah. then he, and then he realizes, oh, you've got yourself back. Well, oh, oh well. Oh, still gonna try me. and kill you. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, here I am, I'm going to try and bite your head off now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we get a bit of a fight between the two of them. Uh, Altos manages to, to kick Megatron off of himself and tells Black Arachnia to get inside the Ark and stop what's going on. She goes in, she's trying to fiddle with the console. <laughs> I really like how she types, it looks like she's just kind of slapping yeah. the keyboard. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It just looks really goofy, and I love it. It's like even goofier than when she had the giant pincers, because the problem is she looks like she's, type, she's tapping the keyboard with one finger is pretty goofy, but then actually just like slapping the keyboard is even goofier. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I have a friend um, who, who does hunt, hunt and peck typing with one finger um, from each hand but oh, he's just I can't stand he's, that. he's been doing it so long that it, it's actually he's actually you know oh he's actually proficient in it yeah okay so like it's not it's not it's basically like if you've learned touch typing it's it's how he, he's how he's learned to do it with just one finger per hand yeah and it's kind of funny to just watch him like yeah 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 
I mean, it's like um, it's like if you watch uh, like old movies where people are on typewriters, they're always hunting, pecking. <laughs> yeah. What's that one song that's actually uses uses a typewriter for it? Isn't it just know. a typewriter song? Is it? I didn't think it was that. It was called that. That you know, it would be that simple. I think it's it might be. Clean. You're thinking of the thing that Jerry Lewis did, right? I I think I know the Animaniacs parodied it as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's an a whole. It's an actual whole orchestral kind of thing yeah. where the sound and the use of the typewriter is part of the rhythm, beat, and and mm-hmm. and sound. So, yeah. like, basically, the typewriter itself is part of is an instrument for it. Yeah, for I'm I'm pretty sure it's the typewriter song. Now, I could oh, be I, mistaken, but I'm pretty sure it is. I didn't think it was that simple <laughs> as a, of a name. I just mm-hmm. thought they had some kind of like typewriter concerto or something. You know, I don't know. Well, yeah. See, this is the second song that I've got stuck in my head now, because from, back from when we first started talking, I've had the theme song to Enter the Dragon stuck in my head since we talked about <laughs> Bruce Lee and that. So now That's I've got nice. the typewriter song stuck in there now. So one of those two songs is going to be like our break, our intermission music. This. Um, so we get Optimus and Megatron. Optimus sort of slugs Megatron in the face and then puts him in a headlock um, and tells him to yield because, you know, Tarantulas is trying to destroy the Ark. Uh, Megatron's like, Megatron does not yield. He conquers. And they, so apparently his tail has a pincher on it. Yeah, like his old, like his, yeah, like his, his, his transmetal yeah, like first, had. Yeah. Like it had like a pincher thing on it besides being able to shoot a laser. So yeah. can I say, it's been a while since we had a really good Optimus v Megatron fight, and this one's really yeah. good. This oh, was we, a good fight. Did we mention before the headlock how he blocked the flames with his arms? Yes. Like yeah, the, yeah, the actual the wing there. shieldings to do it. Yeah. And was you going to say something, Ken? Uh, was just, I mean, all the versions of Megatron have had the pincher tail. Yeah. That's true. Um, yeah, just in diff- it's just that the, the first one was a little different from what the last two looked like. They have, they, have a, they have a specific claw at the end, while the first one was like almost the entire tail was a pincher. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, this fight's good. Uh, the, when he deflects the um, thing, it reminds me of this scene from Civil War when Captain America's blocking Iron Man's blast. Oh, with the shield. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, so once Megatron flings Optimus off of him, Optimus transforms and chases him while he's in jet form. We then cap up Black Arachnia, who's still trying to figure out how to stop the countdown. Um... She's like, I can play your game. But then the computer says, 15 clicks to core implosion. She's like, only problem is, game's almost over. <laughs> She's like, unless... And then she up, starts uploading and running Datatrax Viron, which, as was alluded to earlier, was the same thing from the episode with the flower ship. Yep. Um, we then cut back to, to Optimus and Megatron, who are sort of playing a game of chicken. Optimus is shooting his guns at him, while Megatron then starts throwing fire and they sort of crash into each other and spin around in the air and then, you know, crash a bit. Um, we then come back to black Arachne, who's like, come on work. You slagging. And then we get like a little countdown and then it stops at one and yep. it says core implosion aborted. All systems normal. Have a nice day. And the clock reverses. Yes. To fill back up. So I don't know why, like it's a special countdown clock, I guess that, that when it's not in use, it's full. Apparently. It's a little weird, but yeah. So it fills back up. Uh, Black Arachnia breathes a sigh of relief. 
We then cut back to, to Megatron, who, you know, shakes his head a bit, transforms back into his robot mode, and he looks kind of pissed, and Optimus is still, like, trying to gather himself up. And as it turns out, not only can Megatron shoot fire, he can also shoot frost breath. Yeah, he's a double breath weapon dragon. Yeah. <laughs> he's, fro- he's also a frost worm. Yeah. So he, he manages to freeze one of Optimus's arms, then pins the other arm with his foot, um, Megatron's teeth, when he starts talking, they look like they've been punched up pretty good because they look kind of jagged and broken. Yeah, weird. <laughs> like not sharp dragon teeth, but they just look like you know they they look like a an NHL enforcer. Um, so he's about to you know take out Optimus, and then we get the rest of the Maximals coming to the rescue, and shooting at him. Um, Megatron's like, it seems I've again been cheated of victory, but beware the dragon's wrath. So good. will be mine. So good. And uh, Rashford's like, wow, talk about a makeover. (laughs) It's like, and we then get Optimus saying, it's no joke, Rattrap. What Megatron's done has just made more important than ever for us to win this war and win it soon. That's the end of the episode. As it pans out and Megatron flies at the camera. Yep. By the way, I when he flew out of the top of the mountain, because mm-hmm. I guess because I forgot. Yeah, it's a volcano. Yes. Uh, I just thought it was weird that th- isn't that like a big kind of uh, yeah, it's kind of an breach? opening, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you think they would have something ready for that? Because I mean, there's how flyers, many flyers on the enemy team. Yeah. Mm. There was all okay with Megatron. There's um. Fucking Waspinator, and there's Inferno. I think that's it for flyers on the bad guys, but it's still three flyers, and one of them being their strongest, one of their strongest shoulders, being uh, Megatron. So, so really, they only have like like one flyer because Waspinator kind of lowers the bar a bit, and then (laughs) Megatron heightens it, but still not enough, and then Inferno's in there. So it's like you know, (laughs) Inferno's actually pretty pretty goofy this season. So yeah. So, yeah, there was the episode. What did everybody think? It's got Dragon in it. I'm down. I liked it. It was a fun episode. Yeah, yeah, it was It was good. Um, uh, so, regarding uh, Megatron's new design, so I like it. Uh, I will say, and this may get fixed in the next couple episodes, um, most of the time I don't agree when people say Beast Wars CGI is bad, but... I feel like the CGI model for Megatron is bad. Like, it looks very... Yeah, it looks bad. I, I, for, I like it. You mean for the new form? Yeah, for the for the new form. It's just like, it doesn't... I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but it just doesn't... It's like it doesn't move right, or it doesn't look... I don't know. It, it just looks... It looks like bad CGI as opposed to good CGI, which most okay. of the rest, you know, most... Maybe it's because it's a slight. It is a slightly different style from the others, um, but it just yeah something about it. It's like that's why people say Beast Wars has bad CGI. Well, I mean, it's you, you probably think it's better than Optimal Optimus, though, right? Well, so the design is way better because the design is really good. Uh, the animation specifically, ah, uh, I, I think, is has problems. Like because Optimal Optimus is is. A, is a bad design, but it looks like what they want it to look like. I feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's like the way that the way that it's animated, and also like I kind of wonder if they don't quite have the model figured out because there were a lot of clo- close-ups of Megatron's head, 
and not mm-hmm. a lot of full body shots. So I, I, I kind of wonder if they, if they were struggling with the, with the full, with the full mo- with the full character model or something. Oh, it's possible. They might have focused more on the dragon because they thought that the the dragon was pretty cool looking too, which you know it is. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and there are shots with the with the full with the full robot form too. I actually, I think the dragon is what is animated poor more poorly. Like it looks, I don't know, or maybe it's just because I've seen a lot of poorly animated, uh, poorly CGI'd uh, dragons, and so it looks <laughs> like those. Um, like, and so I can't get it, you know, but it, this looks, yeah, it looks more like the animation in, yeah, like something from like, uh, I don't know, some like a WB show that has where, like, I, I don't remember the CGI being bad in Merlin, but like mm. if Merlin was made a few years earlier and it was Merlin super was low budget. Bad. Yeah. Are you yeah. Talking, about, talking about the new one, new show or like one second. Yeah, I think, yeah, well, I think the new Merlin came out just recently, like, just a few years ago, didn't it? Uh, well, I mean, it had, like, ten seasons or something, so I'm thinking of early seasons. Okay. Uh, like, it had a lot of I'm seasons. Yeah, it, it had a lot of seasons. I'm I'm thinking, like, the early seasons probably had some bad seasons. Okay, we're talking about Merlin, the BBC show, with yeah. the young Merlin character. Yeah. yeah, okay, the dragon yeah. was pretty bad in that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and there's other examples, too, I just can't think of them. There's probably, I wonder if they had, do they have CGI dragons in Mystic Knights of Tirnanog? Yes. Probably did. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I don't, I don't know what, yeah, so it might be that I associate it with those or, or whatever, but it just, I don't know. Something about the, the CGI is, is bad. Also, I, I mean, this season, I mean, I think this season the CGI is not as good because it's better. Like it's, we're in that, we're in that, like, as opposed, because it's gotten more and more complex, like, it looks more CGI and less, uh, just regular animation, less stylized. So <laughs> it's that, uh, Uncanny Valley or something. I don't know. But, uh, but just, yeah, I don't know. Something about him. Well, but we'll see if it, we'll see if it changes next episode. <laughs> well, there you have it. So, uh, I think we've got a few questions, don't we, Jordan? We've got a couple of questions and a news post. So, okay. um, actually, wait, let me double check. Um, we actually only have two questions this time. So, if you want to do those first, take a break, and then do the news post, we could do that. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Let's go ahead and do that then. Okay. So, Ryan Butson on the uh, Facebook group asked us so, so, since so far all the beast forms have been based on real animals, and Optimal Optimus is obviously made to look more. More like G1 Optimus. Does new Megatron uh, mean dragons really existed in the past, or that old Megatron was somehow part dragon? And oh. as we pointed out in the trivia, yeah, dragons yeah. do exist. Dragons exist. There you um, go. I'd like to point out that uh, I wanted to point out the fact that I honestly think that Megatron kind of, kind of really directed it. This t- directed his form, like how it was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, because one, he knew from like what Optimus was, and Optimus was just trying to hold it. He didn't, he wasn't really thinking at all what what he was doing with it. And yeah. and two, well, he was in fire, so I'm guessing you know that's part of it. But Megatron is definitely the kind of person who's like, well, if I'm going to turn into a giant creature, then I'm going to be a dragon. <laughs> also, like he says, like you know, imagine the power I'll have when he when uh he takes if he takes Megatron into his. In, in, with his spark, and 
I'm I'm wondering like how much of a difference that is because in terms of just like outright sparks, I think their Megatron and Primes are basically the same. Like Primes is connected to the Matrix of the Leadership, yeah. but not Megatron. But I don't think that like when he was holding the when he was holding the spark, it wasn't exactly you know the spark and the Matrix at the same time, so it wasn't exactly uh, anything like that. But I don't know. I mean. I guess it just it just says like does ev- like do you consider everything like at a baseline and then some who rise above it have like a different like a better soul spark thing? I don't know. Mm. That that's all I I had to say, and I promised him we we, we would talk about the dragon. <laughs> so, yeah, there I you go. The dragon. Yeah. Dragon. 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 Dargan, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> Dargan. Uh, so. Uh, on Twitter, you cosplays you cosplayed yourself at what is cosplay. Uh, said the phrase "barter town" makes me think of a post-apocalyptic trading post. So, what PA post-apocalyptic archetypes would the beasties be? Post-apocalyptic so, archetypes. Um, Ratchet would be a scavenger. Yeah, definitely yeah. a scavenger. I, I was think thinking trying to be a crooked sheriff. Yeah. Uh, a cheetor would be like I don't know, like a, like a just a punk, like racer or something like that. You know, like someone who's like I don't know exactly what the typical team team that survived. I don't know or something. Like yeah, that. I mean, like you know, he's a guy. Like, in, like a, in a Mad Max team. setting, he'd have like the he'd have the fastest car and everything, and you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Optimus would be like Optimus uh, would be like uh, I'm thinking like in the Fallout universe, he'd sort of be like the sh- like the mar- the sheriff in town or something like yeah, that. I yeah, feel like- okay, I could see that. Rhinox would be like an engineer or something, like some kind of builder. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Kendall, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, I feel like Optimus is the guy that has managed not to get his hands dirty. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, he's, he's never, you know, he's, he's a de facto leader of a group, but he's never, um, he's never uh, had to kill anyone um, he always finds the way out kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah, I think now the question is, who's Daryl? <laughs> <laughs> who's Carl? Carl. Well, Carl, I was thinking was Cheetor. Like you guys were saying, he's the, he's the teen. I was thinking he's the guy that he's the kid that, that grew up in the apocalypse. So he, so he doesn't have, he doesn't have the, uh, sort of, uh, he's not, he's not. So he doesn't understand social norms, uh, and and maybe doesn't have have a, the the same empathy that he might have had if he was if he grew up in the regular yeah. um, time. And then yeah, I can see that. Uh, and then black black arachnia, um, she uh, her her life is better now that the apocalypse happened. She had a terrible life before. She was like homeless or something, or or like uh, I don't know, abused or something like that. I don't know. She's uh she's Carol. Okay. So that would make that would make uh, Silverbolt Daryl. <laughs> they have they have to be part of a uh, Walking Dead, right? <laughs> Seriously, well, when you said Daryl, I had to look can't up that. Be well, no, I'm just. I mean, Walking Dead is is the is the post apocalyptic archetypes type thing that I am most familiar with. Because I mean, sure. I mean, there's and, the black guy from Night of the Living Dead. And Una He's would be uh, Clementine. Clementine would be uh, that. Uh, what's her name? The you said Una, right? Una. Oh, okay. You said Una. I thought I didn't know you yeah. said Una. 
I, I, I misheard you, I guess. But yeah, okay. Una would definitely be Clementine. <laughs> and uh, Ken Bro doesn't know who Clementine is. I don't know who Clementine is. You should play the Walking Dead video Dead games, and Yeah. He like Walking Dead. There's a thing called an assault wig, but you shouldn't eat it. Did you eat it? Already. Oh, my. Damn. There, there's a good chunk of characters, I think, that managed to identify there. Um, so why don't we take a quick break then, and then when we get back, we shall tackle the news posts, and that will be an episode. Okay. Every master is telling a story. You're getting together to have a good time and tell a shared story, and some stories don't have ends, and that's okay. Join me, Moon Rules, at the Master's Studio as we go behind the screens and look into the creative process at the heart of these stories. In fact, I will often, as a GM, let the story override the rule set. Inside the Master's Studio, an Audio Entropy original. Sorry. <laughs> and we're back. Oh, that's definitely going in the episode. <laughs> oh, fuck. Damn it. Uh, so the, it's not that important on these ones, because, like, first of all, you can't even see the clap in the waveform. Uh, yeah. And and second of all, there's, like, a minute of recording before. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we've got a, as always, we have our news post provided to us by... Uh, Casey, or at Lady K Hirsch on Twitter. This week, Casey says, Hi, hey, BCs. Plenty of news to discuss this week, so I'll try not to drag on during this intro. But oh, sh- God. That being nice said, one, Casey. Oh, Megatron, Megatron sure has tipped the scales in this war. Oh, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> not to mention he finally fired Tarantulas. Uh, uh, strike sure got burned by that alliance. Oh my god, Casey. <laughs> You're going to kill us. <laughs> he, he was pretty cool in that fight with Optimus, too. Especially when he was ducking in Wyvern around attacks. Not Face bad, palm. considering he was just winging it in his new body. Okay, okay. Now that That's this not. part is going back in flames, <laughs> let's get to some actual news. Thank you. That was excellent. That was the best news post you've ever made, Casey. <laughs> I, I felt like those were very funny jokes. very good. I very much enjoyed that. Yeah. As, much, as much groaning as I did, that was amazing. <laughs> uh, he goes on to say, first up, we've got some images of new toys for Optimus and Bumblebee in the form of fidget cubes. And Jordan has been nice enough to link us with some of the uh, the stuff here. They're on the website, so that the images aren't in our post, but the website's there. They're kind of yeah. neat. Yeah, they're on eBay, by the looks of it here. Some Japanese eBay thing. Yeah. Oh, it's cute. Yeah, it's a little weird. A little cute well, Optimus. <laughs> I like it. A so little the, cute Bumblebee. They got, uh, they got it's like a giant head with little feet on it. Yeah, 
You got uh, Starscream, Soundwave, Rodimus, Optimus, Bumblebee, and Megatron. Oh, wait, no, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Cubes? That'd be pretty cool. Oh, oh wait, look, I'm looking, looking at, at the, oh, I'm looking at the yeah. planet figurines here. Oh, yeah, you're not, you're not looking another at another thing. The, the, yeah, yeah they're, like, they're like little back. cube guys. Yeah, above that. They're, they're fucking adorable, and I want one. Nude. But you guys are good, by the way. Oh, okay. Wow, that is a really big head. <laughs> it's just Don't a say head. it. Don't say it. <laughs> what? I wasn't... No. <laughs> anyway, yes. So. Christ, call me bad. <laughs> um, yep, Hasbro is doing its own branded line of fidget spinners and cubes called Fidget Hits. I'd have a talk to their marketing team about that name, though. It's way too close to Fidget Hits. Which, I mean, hey... Those can be fun to play with, too, but that's hardly kid-friendly. I think there are some My Little Pony, Star Wars, and Marvel ones in the works as well. She hopes Just, uh, just for the record, um, that, that, that fidget tits joke uh, undid all the good jokes before. Just, <laughs> just. Uh, up next, we've got a ton of new images that may reveal some of the character design, characters, designs, and even toys for the upcoming Transformers Cyberverse TV show, which will be replacing NURID, or New RID, after it completes its third season this year. Last time we talked about it, I mis- she mistakenly referred to it being on its fourth season. In actuality, she was confused due to the second season being broadcast in two distinct halves with different central conflicts for each half. Yeah, I hate it when they do that sort of thing. Yeah, um, it's just because they wanted to be able to win Emmys two years in a row. Um, first, a bit of an explanation. Recently, some new G1-esque designs appeared in a children's book for the My Busy Book series. Uh, she goes on to say, I've seen some of these for other brands like Paw Patrol at my work. They're sturdy books that come with little character figures and a playmat so the kids can use them to play out the stories and stuff. That's what yeah. I was looking at earlier. Now she provides us with a little eBay link. Uh, here we have some images from a recent eBay listing of the book in question. It comes with 12 figures, 6 vehicle modes, and 6 robot modes. The characters shown are Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, Hot Rod, Megatron, Starscream, and Soundwave. Everyone has their usual G1 alt modes, save for Megs and Soundwave, who are a tank and some sort of an SUV, maybe a radar truck or news van, respectively. Everyone's robot modes are pretty much stylized versions of their G1 cells, save for Bumblebee, who is mostly G1. Car roof has his chest, head, body proportions, but with a splash of animated movie and Prime B in there. Uh, the car doors has wings, black detailing with the stripes, back of the car has the feet and legs, that sort of thing. Cool, cool. Uh, even more recently, these designs have begun to show up in other places. Uh, Rad's Candy is now putting out a Transformers 4-in-1 blind bag that includes candy, five sets of stickers featuring character art of these new designs, a poster of one character, and a faction symbol keychain. Uh, she then provides us with another link. Uh, these definitely give us a better look at the characters. Optimus is sporting prominent windshield wipers on his <laughs> on his titties. <laughs> Megatron's got some missile pods on his legs. Soundwave has some kind of satellite or radar dish on his left shoulder, as well as some like wavy lines on his shoulders, like he's a song visualizer on a computer. And Starscream has some big old wings. No hot rod to be seen here, but considering it's a blind bag pack, there may be others where he's included. Uh, even weirder, however, is that. These designs are also appearing in the giant form of giant mascot suits on a 
Transformers theme carnival cruise. Yep, it's a thing that's happening. I actually saw this on the weekend. I saw this video, uh, or oh. rather, I saw it linked, um, but I didn't really get a chance to look at it. I did look at it now, and it does look kind of neat. Um, I've never really, out. I've never really thought about going on a cruise before, but if I did, it might not be a thing that I would, you know, be against. I think going on a cruise would be awesome. Yeah, I've never. Been I, I love cruise, these Optimus so Prime outfits. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, the designs for the suits match up with the designs shown with the book and the candy. Also, should all chip in on a room and record a cruise bonus episode. I'd be down. Let's do it. <laughs> now, I can offer zero money to this, by the way. <laughs> now, as strange it would be to make new designs exclusively for a kid's activity book, cruise ship, stickers, etc., instead of just using stuff from Robots in Disguise or Rescue Bots or the movies... There's not enough there to, defi- to definitely say, oh, these designs are going to be for the new TV show toy line. Except in addition to this, we've also seen some leaked packaging art. She provides us with a few pictures there. Said, so, yep, we've got straight up packaging art featuring Prime, Megatron, Bumblebee, Starscream, and Grimlock in his T-Rex mode. Who, like the rest, is sporting an updated G1 style look. Uh, the art on these looks super cool and makes her excited to see the toys they go with. She's like, oh wait, I already can because images of Grimlock toy have also leaked. Yep. She provides us with a link. By the way, the actual art style on these are like the uh, the painted style that they've done for backings of other of the original Generation 1 stuff. Like yeah. a lot of the old Generation 1s. So, yeah, they look really nice. Yeah. I'm not Overly taken with this Grimlock, though, to be perfectly honest. I like the dino form, but I'm not a big fan of the robo form. Mm. Looks a bit blocky for his robot form. Yeah, it, it's it's his arms since they're supposed yeah. to since they're supposed to change into his. But maybe they didn't. I don't know. That looks like someone just didn't pop his fist out. Yeah, looks a little weird. Yeah, it's yeah. but it's definitely his arms there. Yeah. Um, she goes on to say, like his beast mode, Grimlock's robot mode is also very G1 in style. The instructions show him transforming in a manner very close to how his G1 toy did. Oh, yeah. It's hard to say what size this particular toy is. Uh, she'd guess that it's a Legends class, but it could also be a Deluxe. Either way, it looks cool, though I wish he had some more paint apps on his beast mode neck. Yeah, like the, the gold or yeah. clearness. That- yeah. So she goes on to say, uh, so with the flood, that flood of leaks out of the way, what do you think of these new designs? Anything about them especially good or bad? Do they make you more or less excited for the Cyberverse cartoon toy line? Any other characters you're excited to see show up in the Cyberverse? Uh, has Kendall complained about how much he hates them turning into cars yet? Or did he doze off before getting the chance? Probably dozed off. Maybe hearing the word T-Rex got his attention. I did almost click on the link for the figure that had a dino form, but um, yeah. Um, I was gonna say, like, I really do like some of the 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 designs of just just the for the packaging. Like, it's very nice, nice there. I'm not a hundred percent on Bumblebee's new design, but I think it's just because that he looks a little more complicated than because they're mashing up various forms of him. Yeah. I kinda, I, so it's like, yeah, they, they look pretty cool. These pictures we're seeing are, 
um, indicative of what they look like. Yeah, I, I think they look pretty cool. Like, it, it does definitely make me want to kind of like uh, kind of updated, updated G one kind of almost. And I, I don't know, I'm down with that. Yeah. Um, she says personally, uh, I'm way into these designs, and I'm very hyped to see what the show and toys look like. Also, want to call out that I'm weird that she's weirdly happy to see the return of noses for these designs. Uh, she doesn't mind them not having noses. I mean, the robots, so whatever, but considering that cartoons have been primarily noseless ever since animated way back in 2007 and stayed that way through both Prime and new R.I.D., it's kind of nice to see them return. I didn't even think about that ever. (laughs) I never even thought about having to have noses in Prime. Yeah. Um, It is a little weird when you think about it. Like, once it's pointed out, it's like, oh, yeah. That's a thing, huh? Hmm. But yeah, so she's super excited to see what Hasbro announces about the show and toys at Hascon. Ironically, by the time this episode comes out on Saturday, Hascon will have already started on Friday, and we'll probably know a lot more already. Still, get hype. Uh, speaking of Hascon, Hasbro put out some tantalizing teaser images on Instagram for the upcoming Power of the Primes toy line, which we'll be learning more about there. Uh, she gave us a couple of links to their Instagram. Uh, first, we have some awesome art of Rodimus Prime, who is looking super cool. You can also see a bunch of Prime Master symbols in the upper left corner. Second image shows us the limbs of several Transformers. No faces or names given, but I can easily extrapolate who they might be based on some rumors and supposed leaks about the toy line. The top right and bottom left are very clearly the leg of Grimlock and the wing of Swoop respectively. This lines up with rumors and leaks saying that all of the G1 Dinobots show up in Power of the Primes. The top right is clearly a Fembot, presumably either Moonracer or Alita 1, if earlier rumors and leaks are to be believed. Bottom left is a bit harder to determine. Could be another one of the Dinobots, or it could be Hunger, who along with the rest of the Terracons is rumored to be a part of Power of the Primes as well. Last up, we have the mother of all leaked images that all but confirms the power of the Prime's rumors and leaks mentioned in the previous paragraph. This image shows us an an undetailed mock-up model for a new Titan-class toy. This lines up with those leaks, which which said that for power of the Prime's, the Titan-class toy we'd be getting would be Predaking. So, the return of Predaking. I forgot how this, this thing looked. Yeah, like it's, it's both kind of cool and 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 kind of silly because it's it's the blaring like uh, colors of like the nineties, yeah, like or like the orange and the yellow and the red, yeah, yeah. But it's still kind of a neat design. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes on to say, while this is pretty clearly just a very early prototype, yeah. it still has her super excited. Uh, I'll admit I'm a bit bummed we aren't getting G1 Scorponok yet. I certainly won't complain about getting some G1 Predacons instead. Also visible in this picture is what appears to be a toy for the Cyberverse Megatron design shown above. Uh, are you feeling that Predaking hype? Uh, so, yeah, we're sort of lukewarm on it. Yeah, sort of, kind of. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like, I like I'm not really familiar with the character, I guess. It's kind of yeah. hard to get hyped for it, but he's got a lion on him. Lions are cool. Yeah. I think all I have left. Uh, I I had a couple of the Predaking care uh, toys. Yeah. And I I think all I have left is just basically the wings from the eagle toy. Mm-hmm. Like because they were the they could come off the eagle character. So when you made Predaking, you could put them on the back of there. So yeah. I don't have the eagle anymore. I just have the wings. Mm-hmm. 
So I that don't know. <laughs> so in, we're almost to the end of the news post. So instead of more questions, uh, she'll give us some follow-ups from last week. Her dad says that black, that the black Mustang from the Bumblebee movie is a 66 Mustang Coupe V8 with aftermarket tires and wheels. Said it was good-looking, well-cared-for car. And he called it a grocery getter, referring to how the kind of car that kind of car was primarily used back in the day. Which well, yeah, makes sense. Never understood why he had a V8 for a grocery getter, but it's the type <laughs> of car it was. Um, normally, if you wanted the Roadster, you wanted like the Mach One version. Which, well, mind you, I'm not even sure if they had the Mach Ones back in '66, so mm-hmm. kind of hard to say. But and it wasn't oh. until later that they had the Mach Five. <laughs> And then, also, Transmetal 2 Black Arachne was not a $5 toy. Quite the opposite. She was a Mega Class. For reference, the first Transmetal versions of Optimus and Megatron were also Mega. Though Megs is now Ultra, and Optimal Optimus is in its own supersized class. To be honest, she's disappointed she wasn't at least bigger than Cheetor in the show. Also, her Spark Crystal was located on top of her Spider Mode abdomen. You could spin it around on the toy and robot mode, mode to switch between a maximal and predicon faction symbol it was connected to, which is pretty cool. Yeah, we wondered about really that last week. Yeah, yeah. Like I mentioned, I mentioned before, I had a toy that was a, uh, I think it was Punch and Cu- Counterpunch was his name. Yeah. That was yeah. a double agent kind of thing, mm-hmm. and the 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 uh, the rubisignias that you know you put your thumb on to get the yeah. faction symbol show was. There was two of them, like separately, like they were on two separate things. He didn't flip around things, so that that's kind of neat. Yeah. Also, um, something to note uh, when you say mega, so the the four levels there was like I think it was like standard or something. I forgot what the lowest one, but the five dollar there was the five dollar toys. Then the ten dollar toys were deluxe. Fifteen dollars right. was mega, and twenty dollars was ultra. Um, okay. the original Optimus and Megatron non transmetal were both ultra. Uh, but okay. then they went down to Mega for Transmetal, which I always thought was kind of interesting. Because like if you uh-huh. if you put the if you put the toy of Mega the to- the two Megatron toys the first two Megatron toys next to each other, like the original Megatron's like a head taller. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I think I think and that that's one of the odd things there because I do remember that like how some of the toys were differently proportioned to what they were in the sh- in the show. Mm. And I th- and uh, I think that was, and I always thought well I guess that was just something they did for production reasons not not so much as like show accuracy yeah could be makes sense but then other characters because like I'm pretty sure that uh, the depth charge was an ultra because it was like mar- marketed as like something else that was similar to Optimus and Megatron mm-hmm. um, and that's why he's like thirty feet tall in the show. Because he's way, because mm. his figure was way bigger than the other ones. Yeah. So, in closing, Casey wants to say, "All right, that's enough news for one day. Hope you're all having an excellent Labor Day." Because we're recording this on Labor Day. Um, hopefully, none of you were tossed in lava. Until next week, keep up that Hascon hype train a rolling. So, yeah. <laughs> there's the news post for this week. So again, thank you, Casey, as always. Ah, so yeah, some interesting news. Um. Does anybody have anything they would like to plug this week? Uh, so I wanted to make a quick correction about mm-hmm. Game Apartment 1C. Uh, basically, the YouTube channel was more was more of some like earlier things like that. So Dan 
Dan Howard, by the way, is his name. He's a great friend, like friend, and I, he probably would yell at me for saying this, but he's a really kind of like great entertainer and personal kind of person, like you know, like nice to talk to. So the fact that he's now he's actually got a Twitch stream going of him playing. Uh, I, I think he's doing Ghosts and Goblins currently. Uh, and he has like a scheduled for well, it would have been the eighth, so it would be after you hear this. But um, it's he gave us a really nice shout out on this first video, uh, which actually I think is marked part two because I think this is like the second time he tried it. Uh, but I want to just you know uh, plug that like it's uh, still called Game Apartment One C, like all one word, just just after Twitch TV. Uh, I think if you actually do like a quick search. In on Twitch, you could find it rather easily, and you know, I just I would suggest you know giving it a follow and watching it because, like I said, he knows a lot about those old school games, and he's kind of fu- he's a fun person to listen to. Mm. Cool. Cool. Em, <laughs> how about you? You can catch my art on datachair.tumblr.com. I'm on Twitter at the Emeralds, um, and uh, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube at this is Emerald. Um, I also will be on a podcast soon called The Home for Infinite Losers, which is a Dragon Rewatch podcast. And you can catch my other podcast, Interested in Passions, probably launching sometime this month. Cool. I'm looking forward to both of those. Thank you. And I've got something in the works with maybe with Cassie. We'll see what happens. Neat. I'll let you know more about that as something more gets found out. Oh. Ken, how about you? Um, so, uh, the, uh, the main thing that I'm focused on right now is my new podcast, uh, Waiting Here for Every Man, where I am, uh, interviewing normal people about the music in their life. Uh, the second episode went up, uh, a couple days ago as we're recording. There should be a, uh, a third episode up, um, on Kendallcast.ninja or the Kendallcast, uh, podcast feed um by the time this episode comes out i've got um uh a total of seven interviews scheduled right now so oh wow uh, so making making progress getting that buffer built up uh sounds like it. but uh yeah also if you're a musician and you're interested in talking about yourself for 45 minutes then uh, hit me up on Twitter at K Hallman, K H A L M A N, and maybe we can uh, figure out a time to get you interviewed. Mm-hmm. Neat. I'm gonna. Normally, I, I try not to have things end on a sour note. Unfortunately, we had some news posted to Twitter shortly before we before we started recording. Um, we don't normally mention other Transformers podcasts, but there are others out there, and I know one of them had some tragic news come out. Uh, this evening, one of the hosts of Icon Underground, Alex Androsky, had sadly passed away during surgery for a blood clot. I'm sure I speak for everyone here when I say that our sincerest condolences and thoughts go to everyone with Icon Underground, as well as another podcast they revolve with uh, called Stasis Pod. Uh, Alex made a career being a 3D designer and had the fortune of working with uh, BMOG, I'm hoping I say that correctly. Uh, they're now known as uh, Prize Inside. They also attained a dream I think some of us share in getting to work with Hasbro and working on their deco sheets for actual Transformers. So again, I just wanted to send our sincerest condolences. Uh, you guys are in our thoughts, and we hope everyone with the, those podcasts are able to to get through things okay, and we wish you all the best.
So with, with that being said, uh, we look forward to, to brighter and better days. Uh, we've got three episodes of this podcast, well, of this series, less ra- rather, God, say this podcast. Uh, wow. Yeah. I just realized the only three episodes. It's- yeah. Just the three left. Um, so, yeah, there you go. It's been another week. Uh, as always, you can find us on audioentropy.com. Find us on Twitter at Warren Beast. On Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash Warren Beast. Um, we love any feedback. So if you guys want to review us on iTunes or Google Play, you can always do that. Or if you just want to hit us up with comments, criticisms, we'll take it all. Normally, we try not to cry with any criticism. Mind you, we don't really get any. So so far. Yeah, true enough. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, another week down, three weeks to go. So for Warren Beast, I have been Greg. I have been Emily. I have been Jordan. I'm Kendall. Let's roll, folks. So I'm thinking of starting my own alliance in Transformers Earth Wars. Hmm.